Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Dylan Krause. Blank enough. Blank enough. That is the theme. And so, so often, like Stu was saying, you know, you go to the... You go to the, the, the fair or whatever, and you see yourself in these wonky mirrors. And, and sometimes, like, when you live according to the spirit of the age, so to speak, and you could say, like, what the heck does that mean? Or you read in the Bible the, that you are not of this world, right? And there's even, like, fancy uh, seat covers for your car, N-O-T-W or whatever it is, not of this world. And, like, there's that whole, like, line of, of whatever clothing and different stuff, stickers and whatever that's not of this world. And it's like, because Jesus said, I am not of this world. And they hate me because I'm not of this world. And he talks a lot about that in the Bible. And he talks about the spirit of the age. And he talks about that, like, there's this prince of, of the world who's the devil and all this kind of stuff. But there is this whole perspective. And honestly, how many of you guys go uh, anywhere where there's not a Christian around? Hopefully all your hands are up, seriously, because if you like stay in a bubble of Christians your whole life, you're kind of missing the point. But the reality is that there is a whole different perspective. There's a whole different uh, like spirit. There's a whole different world that is totally opposite of the kingdom of God that you are living out of, hopefully, or if not, then like we want to be a place where you can experience the kingdom of God so you can taste and see how much more amazing it is to live from this perspective in this place. But the reality is there's a great, huge, big difference between the world and God's world, right? Are you with me? Is there a difference? How many of you go to public school? Is there a difference between school and this place? Yes, right? Yes, totally. You're not like getting met every morning with the, oh, you're beautiful and, and stuff. It's like, man, when I was in middle school, it was brutal because it's like even your best friends are the ones that take it out on you, you know? They're like knocking your books out of your hands, pants, and you going up the steps in front of the girl that you like. It's like, it's brutal. Seriously, bro, Gabe, high five. I, I'm with you, man. That, I'm so glad it does not happen to me or to you, and I'm glad it doesn't happen to me anymore either. But seriously, it's like, why in middle school do you go after your own friends? I, I just want to like, where's Ben? It's like, if you're one of those kids, catch me outside. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to take care of you after this. That's all I'm saying. I got lots of payback. <laughs> Oh, Ben has been saying catch me outside for like two weeks straight. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, see, exactly. I can't even hang. I cannot even hang. Oh, my gosh. But so you, if you're like, if you're a part of this world mentality or perspective, you go through and you see something like this blank enough. And the first thing you're going to think or the first thing you're going to imagine, you're going to be like, oh, man, you're right. I am. I'm not. I'm not tall enough, man, I'm not strong enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not fast enough, I'm not athletic enough, and you just start, like, going on this, like, total, like, I don't know, bum, bummer trail of, like, all the things that you feel like you're falling short in, am I right? And the reality is that there is a, there's a, a whole different spirit and a whole different perspective. There's a whole different reflection, like Stu is saying, that we need to get in front of and spend time in front of so we can really know who we were called to be and what we were called to walk in in an everyday life, in an everyday kind of world, living out of who God says that we are, okay? 
Um, and it's like really, really simple, really, really common. Get ready, watch this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how, how true that this is. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? You can stop right there. This is the will of God. When, when the disciples asked Jesus, how do we pray, he did what? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We've got uh, Alyssa signing the whole thing over here. She's speaking it in a different language completely. It's amazing. But the, the prayer comes down to your will be done here on earth. Where? Is your school here on earth? Are all your crazy friends who say nasty stuff to you here on earth? Are all your crazy relatives who do mean things to you here on earth? Your siblings? That, that one person who's just like, man, if I was stronger, I tell you what. <laughs> no, but like, seriously, you think about it like that and you're like, wait a second. He is talking about that situation. God is talking about every single one of those situations where you're, you feel powerless. And he's talking about bringing an entire different perspective, an entire different uh, mindset into those situations. And that is exactly what we want to talk about in this month, Blank Enough. And we're going to talk about being qualified. We're going to talk about being challenged and called. We're going to talk about being loved and accepted. We're going to be talking about all kinds of things that you already are, even if you don't realize it, because... The half the battle is knowing what you have so that you can live this life on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? You with me? All right. Say blank enough. I am blank enough. And we're going to fill in that blank. So tonight we're doing loved and accepted. So you can say I am loved and accepted enough. Amen. That was really good. Amen, if you're an amen person. Okay, so good. Oh, man. Okay, so very first thing, loved and accepted enough. All right, we're going to do these, these really quick things um, called reading the Bible, right? Whoa, wow. This is Ephesians chapter 3. Get ready. This is glorious. It's verse 17 through 20. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Say rooted and and grounded in love. That's really good. That is so, so good. Verse 18, that you may be able to comprehend, say comprehend, comprehend. with all the saints. What is the, no, you're good. Comprehend was the key word. You nailed it. With all the saints, what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know, say to know, period, and you're good, the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Say it passes knowledge. Wow, that is interesting. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Okay, it, okay, stop. Wait a minute. Here we go. <laughs> that you may be rooted and grounded in love. Okay, we're going back to verse 17. So we said we're rooted and grounded in love. That's good. Went on to the next verse, and he talks about we're going to be able to comprehend the width, the length, the depth, the height, all that stuff, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. So how are we going to know, how are we going to comprehend, how are we going to understand something that surpasses knowledge? Are you with me? Isn't that a, like, interesting setup? He's like, yeah, you're going to know it, you're going to comprehend it, you're going to understand it, and it's so far beyond anything you could ever understand. You're like, that doesn't make sense. You know, like, 
that, that little like equal sign with the line through it for you, all you people in trig or whatever you're in right now. It's like, does not equate. That does not happen. I don't understand, Paul. What are you saying? So then he leaves you with this like haymaker in verse 20. You ready? How many of you know what I'm saying when I say haymaker? Knockout punch. Thank you. I don't know if you know because of boxing on uh, video games because that's the only reason I know. <laughs> now to him, him is capitalized, so we're talking about God or Jesus Christ, who is able, say, is able, very good, to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Say, in us. This is amazing. So he sets up this whole thing, and he basically tells you, you guys are going to be able to comprehend, you're going to be able to understand, you're going to be able to experience and know the love of God that nobody can understand. And you're going like, but how? And then he rocks you with this right hook from, like, downtown and knocks you out with, because his power that's exceedingly abundantly able to do more than you could ask or think According to the power that works in us, that's how you're going to understand it. Okay, so it's like he's, he's telling us that there's mysteries of the love of God that goes so far beyond the love that you experience friend to friend, boyfriend to girlfriend, or, or husband to wife, or mother to father. There is a love that is greater and more wild and more passionate and more strong than any of those things and all of those things put together. Have you ever been loved well by anyone? No? Okay, that's okay. Because we're going to talk about the way that God loves you well. I am loved so well by my wife. We have gotten rid of all of our things because we're moving, so everything is packed up, and it's like there's no anything in the house, like nothing. And uh, so it was my birthday over the weekend, of course, and so she's like, i got to make a cake, and I don't know any of this stuff is going on. And so she's like trying to figure out a way to make me a birthday cake. So she takes... Not just regular pancakes, the, the Kodiak protein pancakes. And she stuffs them with chocolate chips and stacks them all up together and makes this tall cake and covers it in brown sugar icing. And she makes a cake out of pancakes because we don't have any freaking cake pans in the house anymore. And I'm just like, babe, you're amazing. I love you so much. She loves me so well. And like, I mean, just like. There's, that's so simple. There's so many more, um, more amazing things, but it's just amazing. Okay, so, so I, I have experienced really good love in my relationship with my wife, but I know for a fact that God's love is richer, it's deeper, it's pure, and it's not like a diss to Katie, and she, she feels the same way, I know, about God's love towards her. It's just the reality. There's no one who's going to be more faithful. There's no one who's going to be more pure. There's no one that's going to be more selfless. It doesn't, it's so pure and so selfless, Trenton. It's so pure and so selfless. Like, seriously, God's love for you, Trenton, is so pure and so selfless, it doesn't make sense. It literally doesn't make sense. That's why we actually need power of God that works in us to know what it's like, okay? So, and it's like, it, it's just like saying it actually takes God to know God, okay? It actually takes God to know his love. We actually need his power in, working in us to receive it better. It's, it's just, ah, it's so awesome. So, this basically, there's a verse in, in Psalms that talks about taste and see and know that the Lord is good, right? And this, this whole 
idea of being loved and accepted, it's not like a sideline thing where you like come in and you sit down in youth group and you're like, okay, if Ben or Dylan or somebody else speaks really good, you know, God's love for me is going to be real. Like, man, if he does a really good job, then God really loves me, you know? No way, man. God's love, like, it is 100%. God's love is like, I don't know if they still say this. God's love is 100. God's love is 100, like, all the time. He is always on maximum capacity for you. His love is 100%, 100% of the time towards you, okay? And the, the difference is, how much can you receive his love for you? That's the only thing that changes, because his love is constant all the time, full power, full blast. It's not like that red zone in your car where you're like, if it revs up past there, get ready, because smoke's going to start coming out of everywhere. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no, he can, he can jack it up the whole way and run it full steam ahead all day long. He never runs out, and he never gets tired. I had a friend who went to a ministry school, and they were talking about the love of God, and he would, he would get, like, drunk in the spirit. And if you don't know what that is, it's just like being so being so aware of God's love that you become intoxicated. And, like, the first time it happened to him, we were 13 years old, and we went to Applebee's afterwards, and he was, like, falling all over the place, and he couldn't stand straight. He was totally wasted, and he was, like, 6'5", 235. So it was, like, a big baby just, like, being like, I'm going crazy. And he would, like, walk around, and he'd be like, love of God, and he'd, like, pray for a chair. He's like, man, there's so much you can just waste it. It's not even going to ever run out. I'm going to pray for people. I'm going to pray for this chair. God, oh, pour out your love on this chair. But like it was such a perspective, a reflection shift to think about love so like so uncontained. There's no way that it could run out. Oh, my gosh. I used to get wrecked by that. And he was just hilarious to watch when he was in that state of mind. Anyway, it was just fantastic. His name's Josiah. He's a wonderful human. Oh, my gosh. It is so awesome. Okay, so it's like it's coming to a place of faith, right? Like that's what I'm basically saying is that if, you're, if your ability to receive God is the only thing that is like a variable in the matter between knowing that you're loved and accepted, right? You with me? It's not because God's love for you changes. It's not because his acceptance of you changes ever, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter how much you run or fight or kick or scream. It never changes. The only thing that changes is my understanding and my belief that he loves me. You're with me. You're with me? That's the only variable. That's the only X or Y or Z or whatever. Yeah, whatever they use these days. I don't even know anymore. Thank God. I skipped math class. I have, like, it was supposed to be one of the gen eds that you take for college, right? I've been going to college for three years. I've not taken math. I'm like, and I'll take that some other time. Here we go. Just not my favorite. That's all I can say. Okay, so what are some more, what is some more truth about God's love for you, for me, for us? It's never ending. What's the what's the best one? Tommy, hit me with John 3.16. Boom. Boom, Tommy. That's what I'm talking about. For God so loved the world, right? That's like, that's, that's a pretty common, pretty like epic verse. And it gets kind of discounted because it's used so much. But think about that. That was the reason. 
Yo, victory. Nice. <laughs> Nailed it, Tommy. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sour Patch Kids for life. That's great. All right. <laughs> what is what what verse is it? Yes, carrying on. Beep buzzers. Anyway, that's such a powerful verse. Because God loved the world, right? That was so what it's saying is my motivation for coming and sending my son was what? Love. L O V E. Love. That was it. It's it's think like it's gnarly to think about the the motivation of God and, and Jesus in that in that scenario. It's it's really a father, God, right? And it's really his son. Okay? And he's going, I want you to do something for me. Can you imagine this conversation? Think about this. I mean, I, I need you to go do something. I need you to take care of some family business. We've got some of the kids down yonder. Got a little into some messes. Need a little help. And he's down yonder, we got a little problem. What the problem is, Jesus said. Well, sin, death, hell, you know, some of that is like a pretty big problem. And so he goes to, to Jesus and he's telling him like, he's getting him motivated, right? Like you can see parents doing this in grocery stores. Like if you just shut up and sit still in this cart for five more minutes, I will get you the biggest chocolate milk you've ever seen in your entire life. That would work for me. To this day, that would work for me. Like, okay, chocolate milk, where are we going? I'll go anywhere for chocolate milk. Like, seriously. But, like, you, you see it all the time, parents motivating kids. I babysat one time. I did not know that that was a bad idea. And so I promised all the kids chocolate ice cream at, like, 8.30 when they were supposed to be going to sleep. It turned into an all-out Royal Rumble where somebody got hit with a chair over the head. So what can I say? I mean, I haven't babysit se- since, literally. The last time I was in charge of my nephews for like 20 minutes, they ended up on the roof of my parents' house. I don't know what to tell you. A Frisbee went up there, and it was all history from there. My, my sister-in-law was not happy at all. No. Anyway, so listen to this. <clears throat> Isaiah 53, 53.10 and it's talking about the way God felt about sending his son. It says that it pleased him, it pleased God to bruise him. It pleased him to bruise him. It pleased him to bruise him. He's talking about, we're talking about motivation. I'm thinking like, man, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be really nice kind of exchange. Jesus is going to come down like Superman with laser beams in his eyes and burn up all the Pharisees and take control, you know. It's going to be awesome. Nobody can touch him because he's like, you know, Jesus, and he's just going to go like, it's going to be awesome. No, but instead, he took our place and died a death that we all deserve to die. And not only did he do it, and God was, like, wincing and going, like, oh, no, oh, my gosh. And I'm sure, like, there would be a part of that. But it actually says this, that it pleased God to take out his wrath on his son. That is serious business. And so you're thinking, like, to yourself, like, you watch any of those clips of, of like, the passion, and you see him, like, it says, it says that, that he was unrecognizable. I mean, imagine being beat so badly that somebody who knew you well couldn't notice you. 
right? And so you're thinking to yourself, like, God, like, what kind of limitless supply of chocolate milk did you offer Jesus to say yes to that thing? You know, like, I mean, I'm not being sacrilegious. I'm, I'm just saying, like, stay with me. This is the point. It's like, what did he offer him? What was the exchange? What was the offer? What was this, like, inspiration or motivation behind God's telling Jesus, like, this is what you're going to get if you say yes and if you're obedient and if you can go and save all of our, our children, all of the children? And it actually tells us his reward in Ephesians. It says that the eyes of your understanding, this is like a prelude to the the thing, the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. That's that's for us. And what what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Say, in the saints. So what does that mean? I don't know. I'm going to tell you. The motivator for Jesus to come to earth, to be bruised and beaten and to be cursed, to be hung on a tree, to be crucified, to be treated with total disrespect, to be scorned, to be ridiculed, to be spit upon, to be beaten with sticks, to be put a a crown of thorns on his head, to do all of those things in obedience. And it says that what he got, right? That's what inheritance is. Stay with me. What you get out of that, point to yourself. You is what he got. You is what he got. Me is what he got. The inheritance, the glorious inheritance that he received in the saints. You can put your three fingers up and pretend that you're a saint. You are a saint. Or two fingers or whatever. The famous like Jesus or the, all the saints do this in the, in the paintings. You. Say, I'm a saint. Say, I am Jesus' inheritance. You are the reason that he came. That's good. You can tell your neighbor that. Tell him. How about that? Come on. Seriously, guys. Like, you think about this offering, right? All right, come back to me. Close your mouths. Open your eyes and look up here. We were his great reward. We were the motivation. It actually says that in the Bible that for the joy, you've heard this before a hundred times, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What was his joy? His inheritance. What is his inheritance? Me. You. Me. Isn't that crazy that he would go through all that stuff to get us? This is that kind of love that I'm talking about that goes way beyond pancake cakes. I mean, that is great. That is great kind of love, and I'm all happy about it. But this is the kind of stuff that blows your mind, that just doesn't make sense. This is the kind of stuff that you need to experience so that you can understand. This is the kind of stuff that you actually come in here not to be explained into a place of going like, oh, yes, I know that God died for me and this, this, is, this and that. No, this is a place where you get faith from hearing the word of God. That's what we're doing right now. We're teaching the word of God so that you can come to a place of faith and go, that's true about me. God died for me and I believe it. And now I'm going to live it out in my life. 
and it'll change that reflection. That totally changes the way you see your big butt in the mirror. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, man, actually not so bad. Seriously, if you can get a revelation, if you can get an understanding of the way that God loves you, that reflection, the mirror every single day that you see absolutely changes. I 100% guarantee it. 100%. I am loved. You walk up to that mirror every day and you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I am so loved. I am so full of the acceptance of God. I am a child of God. And it totally changes the way you see yourself. And actually, you know what, because like just what Ben spoke about last week changes the way you treat people because you can only love people as much as you love yourself anyway. Ah, so good. Thank you, God. So we're accepted, too. And this is so awesome. We're just going to do a couple more verses because we're getting to a place of faith so that we can actually walk in this whole thing and live it out day to day. All right, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 through 6. All right, listen to this. This is awesome. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Say, before the foundation of the world. Guys, this is in the Bible. This is so good. This is in the Bible. We need to read this stuff. He chose us. Say, he chose me. Before the foundation of the world. Oh, man, it's so good. (laughs) That we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us, that means basically before everything, to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Oh, my gosh. I love this. And I was reading this at our, we had a staff retreat in October, And uh, we had, like, a time of devotional, and we just kind of, like, read something in the Bible. And, you know, I've read Ephesians, you know, like, 10 to 20 times, probably, at least. And so I'm reading this for the first time. I'm, like, going, like, God, I've read this a bunch. Uh, Show me something new. And so I read this whole verse, and I'm like, man, yeah, this is awesome. He chose us before the foundation of the world. We've been predestined to be sons of God. And he said, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the Beloved. And I'm sitting there and I'm going like, man, the glory of the grace of God is that, because we talk about the grace of God all the time, right? It's like, like Ephesians 2.8, by grace, say it with me, by grace, by grace we have been saved, right? You've heard that before, that it's not about works, it's about the grace of God that you've been saved. And I'm thinking like, man, the grace of God, that's awesome. But it says that the glory of the grace of God is that, Every single one of us, say all y'all, all y'all are accepted. Isn't that amazing that this is what the glory of God's grace is? That God's grace could be grace, but it could, it could be just to people who are over six feet tall. Like, mm, yeah, uh, totally going to hang on to that one. I got like three inches to kill. So like even if I start getting that like hunchback thing, I'm still going to be okay. But no. Sorry, you fat. Sorry, bro. (laughs) No, but isn't that crazy that it's not, there is no other qualification except for the fact that God's grace is so glorious because who? All y'all are accepted. 
isn't that amazing? So, like, the next time you go to school, you don't have to, like, dilly-dally and think about, like, I don't know if God really wants that person to be saved. You don't ever have to ask yourself that question. You never have to ask yourself if, oh, but that guy's a Muslim. I don't even think Jesus likes Muslims. Oh, but that guy is like a, I don't know, like he, I saw him smoking weed behind the dumpster last week at school. I don't think God likes people who smoke weed. You never have to ask yourself that question. Never. I was one of those kids who smoked weed behind the dumpster. Literally. I know. Who cares? God's grace was so powerful, it accepted me the way I was, came and rescued me from that crap. This is the glory of the grace of God, is that every single person is accepted. This is Romans 5.8, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't do it when we were like, oh, I'm going to wash myself, make myself really clean, and then he's going to make the sacrifice because of my obedience. I don't think so. We had no chance if that was the way it was. He looked at us in our, in our like pit of despair, all muddy and gross and totally anti-God, however we, in our hearts we were, and he was like, nah, I'm going to do it. It's a pretty awesome cause. I'm going to go ahead and just lay my life down for them. That's my inheritance right there. That is my great reward. <clears throat> and then Romans 8.15, this is, this is dope. For you did not receive a a spirit of bondage again to fear. And what's so cool about this is, again, remember how we were talking at the beginning about how there's two different, there's two different like spirits. There's the spirit of the world and then there's the spirit of the kingdom of God. Right? You with me? How many is there? Talk to me. Two. Two. Okay, there's the spirit of the world and the spirit of the kingdom of the kingdom of God. And he's saying, you're not going to receive a spirit of bondage again. So all of a sudden you go, oh, man. So this spirit that God's going to give me, this new thing that I'm going to walk into is totally different than the spirit of this world that I've been living in, where I've been bound to fear. Has anybody been afraid? You look in that big butt mirror and you're going like, I don't even want to go to school today. This is stupid. Man, I don't even feel like going to school today. I don't even think anybody likes me, man. This is dumb. I don't even know about this. And then you start, like, 13 reasoning yourself, and it's into, like, this crazy place of depression. Seriously. It's bull crap, man. No way. Screw that. I'm not receiving another spirit of fear. I'm not receiving another spirit of bondage. I'm receiving a totally new spirit, and it's a spirit of adoption. And the spirit of adoption is the one that all of a sudden cries out from within you. And that's how you know you're tasting and seeing because there's something that's burning inside of you saying, Abba, Father. Abba was basically like saying Daddy back in the Bible times. But there's such a personal connection between you and God because his spirit has come inside you and taken up home inside you, made you a temple of his Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden you're going like, no, that's where I came from. And that's who who has called me. And that is... Who loves me? And I'm not going to let anybody else decide what I should act like or be like or how I should see myself except for that reflection. That is the way it's got to be. This is who this is why he came. This is why he came. And then again, it says in verse 16, the spirit himself, which is inside of you. If you've received God and if you've received Jesus as your, as your Savior and if you've received his, received his Holy Spirit, it says the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Say children of God. 
Come on. This is truth, okay? And truth is what sets you free. And that's why we, we talk truth when you come to Airborne. And that's why you can bring whoever you want in here because the truth and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that every single person is loved, every single person is accepted, and every single person can be saved, okay? So why don't you go ahead and start bringing some people here who need to know that they're a little bit loved and need to know that they're a little bit accepted, And I'm not saying that there's not going to be a fight because there is a fight because you're still going to wake up and that mirror is going to start to twinge and twist a little bit. And you're going to go, hold up, that's not true. You're going to have to talk to it. You're going to have to tell your circumstance what's really true. You're going to have to know what's true so you can talk to your circumstances and you can talk to the lies that come into your head and try to make you believe sick stuff about yourself. And you're going to have to tell the devil he's a freaking liar. Right? Because it can get really frustrating being so confused and so like tormented by that old spirit of fear, that old spirit of bondage, and it comes and talks at you all the time. And if you don't know that you have weapons, you're just going to start swinging and like acting out in the flesh and being all depressed and I don't know what's happening. And then all of a sudden you're medicated and you don't even know what to think about yourself and blah, 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 blah. How about we get some Holy Spirit truth? some Holy Spirit truth, and go, you know what? My weapons are not of this world. My weapons are not carnal, but they're spiritual. They're mighty in God for pulling down every stronghold that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What's the knowledge of God? That he freaking loves me. I dare you to try to tell me different. He absolutely loves me 100% of the time, all the time. How about that? Catch me outside. Seriously. But it's just like I said at the beginning, and you can stand up. I've got something you can, Brent, you can cue that thing, but don't play it yet. This is the battle. Listen. In the Bible, it talks about the armor of God, right? If you're in a fight, you want armor. Guess what, the, guess what it says, above all else, this is what you should do. It's called a shield of faith. It says, above all, above your sword, above your breastplate of righteousness, above your belt of truth, above all this stuff, the biggest thing and the best thing that you need to have is a shield of faith. Because the difference maker is not how much God loves you, it's how much you believe that God loves you. So you need to have that shield of faith that says, God loves me, I know he loves me, he's walking with me, he's for me, he's not against me, there's nothing that can separate me from his love. So that every single time that mirror starts to talk at you bad, you can just, it says it quenches every fiery dart of the wicked one. Faith does. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.